You're listening to Security Speaking, the SSI podcast. like to do a round robin and have everyone just briefly in- introduce themselves and give us just a, a couple sentences of your background in the industry and also just a couple about your company. So I'll start on my uh, clockwise upper left with Tyler first. Sure. So I'm Tyler with uh, Midwest Alarm and BCI Integrated Solutions. Um, and as a company, we've been around since 1967. We have our own central station. We're headquartered out of uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We have four locations up in the Midwest and then four in Florida. Um, pretty much do every kind of system, Division 27, 28. Um, I'm a lawyer by training. Uh, it's my family's company. We've been in the industry um, for about 40 years now. So kind of grew up in the business and then transitioned into the business after law school. So. And what, what's roughly the uh, residential commercial mix of your Customers. So we're probably we're probably about eighty percent commercial, about twenty percent resi, and really most of that resi is just kind of add-on business for existing you know commercial you know customers or just you know word of mouth word of mouth business that we've picked up over the years. Um, it's never really been a focus for us. We've never you know run you know summer sales programs or or really chased it. It's it's really just you know just kind of add-on business for us. So we're primarily a, a commercial you know enterprise higher end you know integrator. Very good. Thank you, Tyler. John? Yes, sir. Uh, John Copeland with BSI Fire and Security Protection. Uh, we've been open since 1999. Um, specialized access control, CCTV integration, and uh, mobile security solutions. Um, about 26 employees. We've got one office down in Channel View, Texas, just east of uh, Houston. Excellent. Thank you, John. Melissa? Yeah, um, Melissa Brinkman, I'm with Custom Alarm. We're located in Rochester, Minnesota. Family business, my dad started in 1968 and focus on um, both commercial and residential. We have about a 70% mix on um, commercial heavy there. I have been with the company a little over 20 years. Previous to that, I was in the hospitality industry and have enjoyed the transition over to the security industry and worked in a variety of different areas in the business here before becoming CEO about six and a half years ago. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, Dave? Uh, hi, Dave Critton, Microbiz. We're located in San Francisco. Uh, we have an office downtown. Uh, we do primarily commercial, card access, alarm, video, uh, telephone entry systems, intercoms, anything to do with buildings for the most part. Uh, and then we do some universities and schools. And uh, uh, But it's all pretty much card access is what we like to do. Uh, we do maybe 5% residential. Uh, we started in 1965. I've been here since 1980, a past CPP. Uh, Qualified Alarm Manager, and I'm the CFO of Microbiz. Excellent. Thank you. So uh, as we go through this, guys, I encourage interactivity. You know, if um, somebody says something that piques your interest or you have a, a question yourself, feel free to interject. Um, some of the best 
you know, information comes from sort of that cross uh, discussion. So, um, and as we move through this, our times are limited, and I'd like to touch on as many topics as possible. So just try to keep your answers concise. Off the top, let's talk about the the pandemic a little bit, and first, how it impacted your business and your people and how that has evolved uh, from you know springtime until now. So let's continue with the order we did and start with Tyler on that. Sure, so we saw the pandemic as you know a big opportunity for us. Uh, we actually closed an acquisition um, on March 16th, which of course was you know Black Monday. Um, and we're in the process of you know closing two other acquisitions scheduled to close by the end of the year. Um, so we've you know seen kind of the chaos that's been going on in the market and the industry is a, is a good opportunity to not only acquire you know good companies that are out there with owners that might be you know just heading to the exits because they're they're unsure of what the future holds but also you know picking up good you know employees from other companies that might have been you know new on the market so early on you know we had you know kind of a work from home policy that we had with a lot of our inside staff obviously um, you know, operating your own central station. We really wanted to make sure that we didn't expose operators and have any downtime with our central. Um, but, you know, we, we only really had that work from home policy for, you know, really about three, four weeks. And then after that, we, you know, had everyone come back to the office and, and had everybody, you know, separate in their different offices, wear masks, you know, kind of maintain social distancing um, and then went back to normal. And then ever since then, it's kind of been business as usual for us. And then really kind of putting, you know, our foot on the gas pedal and, and really trying to up our sales activity, you know, both from, you know, calls and emails and trying to reach back out with our customers. So I guess that being said, um, you know, the substantial ways it's changed us is it, it, it really hasn't other than it's just, you know, maybe changed a little bit how we interact and communicate with customers, but we've kind of seen it just as a, a great opportunity. Very good. Thank you. John, what about you and your company? Well, it's, Fortunately, we had a big rollover from last year. Last year was one of our biggest years as a customer as far as sales go. So we did have a big rollover and that kept us busy until probably July when we finally caught up. And then luckily we have a lot of big customers that keep us steady work. We have let a few people go, but it was already on the table them to be out the door anyway so it was easier to uh, make that transition if you will especially since uh, unemployment doesn't kind of get you now but um, it's it's been crazy I'm sure like it has for everybody uh, but we've been we've been steady fortunately and um, looking forward next year thank you Melissa I'd say, I mean, throughout the last, since this kind of the onset of it, we've seen kind of some different waves with it right now, honestly, is probably the um, most significant we've seen with just um, here in Minnesota, there's been a rise, which I know around the country as well, but um, it's hitting a little closer to home. But we did go remote for a while with our workforce that could work remotely, obviously, our, uh, much like everybody else, your technicians, you have them out in the field and you want to keep them as safe interacting with the customers we also you know are just leveraging the technology with doing you know these kinds of things zoom calls or teams calls even if people are in the office um, we did go lax with that over the summer and allowed face-to-face -face meetings and 
obviously still trying to be as safe as possible with practicing all the protocols. Um, now as we're entering winter and there's an uptick, we're reevaluating and making sure that people are diligent um, and vigilant about what they're doing. But we have seen from a business standpoint, an increase in certain areas of our business and other areas been a little more challenging, but we're weathering it, I'd say pretty well, all things considered. Thank you, Dave. Well, it has been, it has affected what we did. We sent everybody home for a couple of weeks until we got a handle on what could be done and how we can come back to work. And uh, we were designated an essential business. Uh, we had to provide order, provide PPP equipment for our employees. Uh, a lot of the jobs uh, were stopped. And then we had to see which ones could open back up and under what conditions. And a lot of our, seems like some of our jobs, they wanted to value engineer them to make them uh, uh, more, more uh, less expensive and, and I guess uh, make our bid more competitive. I mean, there, there's no way around. There are hardships. You can look at it as opportunity and you want to look at things you can do. And of course, the, uh, the job market, there are a lot of people looking for jobs. So we have been able to pick up a couple good techs uh, and improve our situation. But it's uh, in California, a lot of things are shut down and it's been shut down. And, uh, you know, long term effects is I guess we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's uh, it, it's still uh, we don't know how it's all going to shake out. So, you know, we try and make the best of it and try and make plans for the future. And um, we did get a, a the PPP loan, which uh, I think a lot of companies applied for. And it it was you know, real helpful to have that money coming in to know that you have that and help carry you over in case there are, you know, future issues. So as we look forward as best we can, given circumstances, what do you think personally in terms of opportunities that may spring out of the pandemic situation, whether it is, you know, some of the uh, thermal stuff or uh, other uh, access technology that Tyler mentioned. Uh, what what do you think is something that, you know, you'll be able to sink your teeth in and hopefully it'll be an opportunity moving forward. And then even also maybe looking residentially in terms of, you know, they say that 25% of the population may never go back to how they were in terms of, you know, office workspaces and that kind of thing more people working from home, home offices. So is there also an emerging opportunity there to prov provide more home solutions for home offices? Um, what do you see, Dave, in terms of these emerging opportunities? Well, I think technology will, will uh, actually drive some uh, new opportunities. And I think contactless uh, access entry, uh, there's some weird, protections in San Francisco against, uh, you know, biometrics and, and visual aids. But I, I think, you know, getting into a building uh, or or office, the card access, there'll be a lot of devices that will help help you get in without having to touch doors or having to touch uh, card readers. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to do the biometrics to try and just do the hand scanners or facial scanners to give you access. I think that will be uh, something it's something we've had but i think that will accelerate um, 
and, there, and there's always you know opportunities but we as integrators have to change be aware of what's out there and uh and adapt and and uh, get into these jump into these new markets as they, as they do emerge for us i'll throw this out to uh, the rest of you uh, if you want to continue with that thought about you know possible technology opportunities emerging out of the pandemic who'd like to jump in on that I mean, I was just say, not necessarily for us, new technology, but just something that we've been seeing slow to adopt in our area, which is more of the cloud services and the, um, you know, SaaS, as we now are seeing more and more businesses working remotely. So they're wanting to manage their business without physically having to be on site. So we're seeing a lot more traction on that. So it's not necessarily a new technology, it's just technology that now people are understanding the value of it and it's an easier conversation now to have because of the circumstances we're all living through yeah i think to dovetail on that a little bit too i think that security as a service is going to get you know pushed forward a lot more i think that a lot of organizations are realizing that hey taking you know a bunch of money and putting it on capex to invest in a security system maybe doesn't make sense but maybe let's uh, let's do it as a service you know for our access control on our cameras because we don't know five years if we're going to have you know, 500 people in the office or 50, but you know, right now we need it. So let's find for a different way to pay for it that makes a little bit more sense. But I definitely think that security as a service is gonna come, you know, a lot bigger in 2021, um, especially for budgeting. Um, Cause obviously there's gonna be cash flow concerns for a lot of organizations. And I think, you know, coming out of it, if 25% of the workforce isn't going back to the office, I think it presents a lot of opportunity for, you know, integrators to maybe, you know, pick up you know, sales reps and techs, you know, kind of throughout the country. And I think that what you're going to find is some of the national companies are going to struggle a little bit, the JCIs and the ADTs, because they have such a high, you know, overhead built in their organizations. But I think you're going to find some regional players are going to do really, really well, kind of picking off some of the larger, you know, enterprise and national accounts, because they're going to be able to provide the same service, um, maybe even better service at a lower cost to some of these organizations. And obviously, you know, the thing that most organizations are concerned about going into 2021 is, you know, how do we how do we conserve our cash? How do we control our budgets? Um, just because most of them have had some sort of hit um, during 2020. So, you know, they don't want to be, you know, out too far on a limb. John, you want to add anything about the uh, technology moving forward? Yeah, it's just been it's actually been super crazy because we've had so much so many different products just pop up all of a sudden. Our customers are coming to us, asking us, hey, how do we do this? How do we bring our employees back to the office safely? Because everybody wants to safety and security is big for their employees. How do we bring them back to the office and protect them from outsiders coming in? And then we get approached by one, you know, EBT company and then literally 10 more knocking on the door and you got so much different technology that you're looking at and how do you pick the right one? How do you know which one is actually working or, you know, if it, if it actually works at all? So we've been fighting that battle and it's yep, trying to help our customers um, adapt new standard operating procedures with visit, visitor management systems, um, you know, pre-screening their visitors before they even come or allowed to come to their campus. So it's just, like I said, it's, it's, there's so many different products out there now. It's just really uh, difficult to know which one is the right one to, to choose for them. 
What about uh, remote diagnostics and troubleshooting of your installed systems out there? Uh, keeping with John, are you guys uh, doing much of that? Do you see that growing? We have two customers that we have remote access to their servers, but we can. We have one guy that will um, log into their servers once a week and check everything out, and or if they have an issue with something, they can. We can log in remotely and assess it before we roll a truck out there. So do you see that growing or would you like to see it grow? Um, we would like to see it grow. We offer it to all of our customers. Of course, they all are uh, not many people want to give us that back door into their into their network in order to, you know, to look to look at what we need to look at. Do you uh, do you promote it as uh, an additional service with a fee attached, or just as a value add kind of thing? It um, no, we offer it as a as a service. We have a different hourly rate for remote service, if you will. Um, or if it is a customer that we do have a maintenance contract with, then we will we'll, we'll log in once a week, like I said, and pre-check. Check everything before. Be proactive. If, if something's going on, then we can let them know. Hey, you got cameras out at this site, and then they'll let us know how they want us to to react to it. Mm -hmm. So we see that as an area of, of growth and opportunity. Um, you know, from the publication standpoint, Tyler, how much are you guys involved with remote uh, upgrading and troubleshooting and health monitoring and that sort of thing? Well, it depends on the vertical, right? So, I mean, just since we span just about every vertical, I mean, obviously you get into DOD spaces, it's never gonna happen. You get to utilities, it's never gonna happen. Um, you get into healthcare, I mean, it'll happen, but you're normally on a secure VPN or, or you get into finance and normally you have a secure VPN or a certain you know computer that they've whitelisted um, to allow access to. I, I think that people are just kind of expect that level of service nowadays with their systems. I, I'd say in kind of the, the mid-market, SMB market, um, you know, people are becoming a little bit more accustomed to it and a little bit more willing to do it. I, I felt for a long time that in the mid market, it was a little bit harder to sell that service and get and get people to do it because you had a lot of IT directors that like to kind of be, you know, a little Napoleon um, and they'd have their fiefdom and they wouldn't want an integrator or someone coming into it because they felt that that was taking away, you know, job security from them. But I think that, you know, we're getting to a point now where most of these systems are not necessarily you know, new, we're on Gen 2, maybe Gen 3 in an organization of their camera system and access control and, and IT directors at those mid-market businesses, um, are, you know, want someone to just kind of take care of it versus saying, hey, I don't want you to touch it, it's just job security. So um, it's, I'd say for, you know, 90% of customers, it's an expectation, it's the norm. And most of that time it's wrapped into either a maintenance agreement or it's, or it's build. Um, you know, we tend to not give away our labor for free. So just because we, we value our, you know, expertise and our knowledge and our, our training. Um, so that's kind of normally how it's taken care of from a revenue standpoint is either wrapped into a service agreement or, or build. Makes sense. I think some integrators are definitely struggling with, you know, how to, uh, the pricing model for, for that. Um, Melissa, what are you guys doing remotely in terms of service? Yeah, I mean, uh Right now, kind of like what John was saying, we have some customers where we do have kind of a SaaS plan. We have an in-house person who uh, will remotely call in and, and do managing of, of their account. 
that we have act you know that we have access to um, or that we have permission from them to do that otherwise we have the service available and uh, like John said a different service rate that we offer to other customers that aren't necessarily on a SaaS plan but we've been again focusing on how we can move to that um, remote remote service model are you doing it residentially as well not really residentially, more commercial, and it seems to be more like on an enterprise level that we're seeing it at this point, but we're definitely focusing on how the smaller businesses can really benefit by not, you know, they don't typically have an IT person, but what we currently are seeing is people who have multi-locations, and they're, you know, it's just a lot for them to navigate and manage, so we're, we're there as an extra set of eyes and hands. Do you think now with the interest of minimizing, you know, techs coming on site that, you know, that's going to help sell this more? Yeah, that's an opportunity for us and also a challenge because, you know, we're right now have like one or two guys that are really um, very good with that and want to like expand it so that more of my technicians who maybe aren't going to go out in the field because customers don't necessarily want us on site to get them a little more up to speed on how they can maybe remotely service things. Whereas before they were just used to going on site because that's the way we've always done it. So we have a, you know opportunity to get more people trained up proficiently so that they can, so we can help more customers and not always have to feed it to, you know, this, this person or that person to help the customer remotely. Mm -hmm. Dave, what's your uh, current stance on remote service and your outlook on it? Well, I think it's very important and it's very efficient. Uh, San Francisco is a high density area, it takes a lot of time to drive around commuting, uh, getting from place to place is just uh, really hard to do. So anytime we can log in and fix something remotely, we, we consider it a benefit because uh, we can actually uh, get more work done with less people and all of our techs we have a, what we call remote desktop licenses. So they have the ability to log in, uh, look at what's going on. Uh, a lot of times the customer call up and say there's a problem, but what they're telling you is not accurate. They don't know how to diagnose it. They're not really sure what's going on. It's like someone who's not technical and they're driving a car and it runs out of gas, they know how to put gas in, but beyond that, uh, they just really don't know the other parameters, things to check. So uh, we've, we've gone to that and push as much as possible. But Tyler made the point that, you know, depending on the vertical, there's a lot of people that will not let you log in and, and um, or give you access or they want to limit it. And then there's liability as well. If you log into your remote desktop and, and you do work and then you leave and you don't close it, that portal, it's an opportunity for bad guys to get in and, and do damage. So there's, you know, definitely liability involved as well. And it has to be watched and looked at closely and, and, and you know properly managed. How optimistic are you about 2021? And are you uh, tamping down your growth expectations and your revenue expectations? Or are you kind of just going forward with a very optimistic outlook on that stuff? Um, let's uh, continue on with Dave on that for 2021. Well, it's uh, it's a mixed bag, and 
you know, I, it is all a lot about confidence, attitude, uh, take care of your employees. I would say that I, I've said in the past that security is kind of a recessionless. You know, it's a great industry to be in because when times are bad, people need security. When times are good, people need security. So uh, I think we are blessed to be in this industry versus some of the other ones. Uh, we had a nightclub upstairs and uh, <laughs> nothing, that's not coming back for a long time. Uh, so, but security, I, I see, I see growth. I see growth for, uh, you know, a cautious optimism would be a good way for me to put it, but there's definitely going to be growth and the opportunities for us and, you know, people to tighten their belts. So you really have to, we're a small enough company uh, as, as it seems like everybody on this conference call is that we can move faster than the, than the larger um, uh, corporate uh, nationwide uh, companies. We can spin and adjust much faster than they can. And, um, you know, we've kept all our employees. We didn't furlong any of our employees. And that's, that's the confidence we've given our employees that we will stand by them and help them protect them. And we provide full insurance for our employees and their families, which is pretty much unheard of in the industry. But that is how we're able to keep our employees. And, um, and we do invest a lot of money into their training. And uh, I can see it's going to be a lot of online training going forward. So, but uh, cautious optimism, Scott. Tyler, what's your 2021 outlook and how are you setting your yeah, project so projections? Yeah, we're still forecasting that we'll hit double digit growth in 2021. And a lot of that, the big driver is, you know, security as a service. Oh, you lose me? I'm back. No, I got you. Okay, it popped out for a second. Uh, no, I mean, we're, you know, thankfully, um, you know, just kind of where we're situated, um, the, the Midwest always tends to be a little bit more economically resilient than the coasts. Um, and with our other kind of half our business that's, you know, down in Florida, um, talking about the world kind of moving, you know, 10 years forward, there's a lot of secular growth, obviously, in Florida. You know, New York is shut down, but Florida, for the most part, stayed open through COVID. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, people moving from the Northeast, relocating. So while certain verticals might be a little bit slow, you know, hospitality and tourism, um, it's absolutely through the roof on things like, you know, MDUs and high rise condos, um, just trying to keep up with the population boom down in Florida. So, I mean, we're still targeting um, double, double digit growth. And I think there's a lot of, you know, growth drivers within those specific segments. Um, talking about like MDU specifically, I think that, you know, wireless locks have been a big growth driver for us um, on the interior doors. You know, a lot of, you know, tenants and apartment buildings and apartment managers or property managers are moving towards, you know, wanting a piece of, you know, software and a system to manage all their tenants rather than having to, to rekey. So I think what you're going to find is going to be a mixed bag of certain industries that are going to be hot and through the roof. And you're going to have other ones that are, you know, completely non-existent from what they were in 2019. So do you think uh, diversification is an important uh, approach right now? Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of what our grow to market has always been um, going back to it. Like I said, we're full 27, 28. So we'll do everything from the AV, the structured cabling, um, you know, mass notification, fire alarm security. So when we go to market with a customer, we try to create as large a package as possible um, because then it gives them one throat to choke. And for us, I mean, it's, it's been really successful because, you know, they might not be buying as much maybe on physical security, but they might be buying on, say, 
you know, AV and video conferencing and, and vice versa. And the customers that, you know, are trying to trying to do things a little bit more remote. Um, you know, we have an agricultural customer that's got hundreds of sites and they're looking at large deployments next year for cameras and access control because they're, you know, reducing the number of FTEs and employees are going to have actually managing those sites. So there's still big opportunities in the industry. It's just you need to kind of need to know where to look and have that conversation with the customer to connect the dots. I don't think it's as easy as just saying, hey, you know, buy a camera. You really need to kind of create the business case and the use case of how they're going to use that technology and how it solves the problems that they have and, and kind of adjusting to the post-COVID world. Thanks. John, what are you looking at for 2021? Um, we're, we're with Dave being uh, hopefully optimistic and uh, we see a lot of projects starting to to roll back around or at least getting talked about now. Um, so customers are opening the doors back up. Hey, we need to do this. We need to get this done. We're looking forward. Again, we're making a big push in the in the mobile in the mobile market. So um, we we know at least where we're at that that's going to be a big part of our company moving forward. So we're we're putting a lot of money and uh, time into that into that sector. What what level of growth? would define success for you in 2021? We can just, right now, I think we are like 25% behind where we were last year. If we can, uh, and we're looking to, we can stay where we're at. That would be, be good for us. So, you think maybe then 2021 is kind of like uh, leveling off and then back to growth in 2022, that kind of scenario? For sure. I, I, 2022, I mean, it's hard to say, but we're, like I said, we got we got a lot of stuff working and we just hope it all falls into place like it has been. And if it does, it'll be good. Mm -hmm. Well, so what are you seeing for 2021? Yeah, we actually just started our new year. We're on a fiscal year. It started November first, so we're we've got our budget put together and hoping that you know, obviously, have to adapt as necessary. But we're projecting that we're going to see some growth, not significant, but you know, it's it's hard to exactly, you know, because just yesterday, the state of Minnesota like shut everything back down again. So. You know, there's so many uncontrollables and what impact that has on our customer base. So we're forecasting or budgeting for us to see some growth over this past fiscal year um, in all areas of the business. I'll just ask one final question uh, before we get out. And um, I'd like to ask, you know, from your perspective, what would you say are one or two top differentiators for your company uh, versus the competition? And try to be as specific as you can, because a lot of people will say, oh, we put the customer first or those kinds of sort of generalities. But if you could be as specific about it uh, as possible, that would be great. So um, I'll go back to, to Dave on that one. Uh, Scott, you broke up on part of that. Can you just, yeah, people faded out. Uh, can you, you want, can you repeat the question, please? Sure. Um, I was saying if you could just provide 
one or two top differentiators for your company versus the com com competition, be as specific as you can without just saying, oh, we serve the customer yes. best type of thing. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. So I would say specifically uh, my senior tech, one of them has been with me for 22 years. Uh, our differentiator is that we, uh, I think our techs are highly higher trained, uh, better tested. Uh, they've been with us for a long time because we take good care of our techs and uh, they know what they're doing. And we also, uh, we try and cover a smaller market area so that uh, when a tech services a customer today, he'll be there three years from now or was there three years ago and knows exactly uh, how it was installed, uh, what the customer expects. And, uh, you know, we are investing in our, in our employees, not only their knowledge, but providing them with uh, safety gear, PPP testing, so that they will do a good job and, uh, and, and also be very professional in how they, they do their work and how they protect the businesses they're working on. So, um, so there's loyalty to our customers and then our customers in, in turn give us back the loyalty saying, you know, micro business company we want to work with because of your track record and, and the quality of your people and the, and the trust that they put in us and, uh, and what we're doing. Very good. Thank you. Melissa. Thank you for coming to me next. Um, I would say, like specifically, um, our professionalism in regards to again, kind of like what Dave was saying, our technicians, in particular, especially like on our fire side, where fire is about fifty percent of our business, and we do that really well. And so, I would say, just um, in particular there, but then in general, we do what's right for the customer and take care of our customer regardless. So. You know, we obviously hope to um, have some strong profits, but if we commit to a job to get it done, we will do, we'll go to extreme extent, extreme measures to make sure that the customer is happy, even, you know, sometimes beyond what we think is like, you know, we go through, we're very committed to our customers. So I would say that when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it right, we do it and we make sure it's done, even if it takes us longer. Um, so that coupled with our professionalism of our technicians and how well they're trained in particular on the fire side. You know, just since you brought it up, we didn't really talk about fire, but just curious um, in terms of, you know, inspections and, and that kind of thing with the pandemic, was that impacted a lot? The inspections were, I mean, we had people were like, no, we can't come in. And we do a lot of senior living and um, assisted living. So of course those we, we're not able to do, but we've since um, you know midsummer have been kind of back on track. But yeah, there was definitely like a stoppage of or a slowdown where we had to get creative about bringing some different inspections that weren't ready, you know, typically done at that time of year. We were also able to start schools early because all the schools were shut down, so that helped us kind of just um, you know level out this the workload in the summertime. Yeah, what about the availability of the HJs? Um, was that impacted at all? Or? No, because we have, we really only have like one in the area here and like in our main 
market in Rochester. In each of our markets, we typically just have one. So um, he was still available and out, out, um, you know, checking the work and working with us. Very good. Thanks. John, what are your differentiators? Um, it's, you know, it's hard to It's the same as everybody else, if you will. I mean, we've got five of our lead technicians have all been with us for, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, we, we call ourselves a little one-stop shop, if you will, because we do everything from fire security, mobile security. If, if you have a, I don't know, you know, our service, <laughs> we, uh, we're a small company, but we're willing to, you know, go above and beyond any time of the day, night, our customers, we have very good relationships with our customers. We have a good relationship with other dealers. And again, we have a, a big support group with uh, the Honeywell team. So it's, we got a real, we got a, we got a real good team and even new customers. Our first thing is give us a problem that you have, give us one of your problems and let us go look at it. And we'll, we'll, we'll spend a day looking at it. And if we can solve it then give us, give us and we won customers just by doing that. Cause I'll put our team up against any other team out there. <laughs> and, and I know there's a lot of good teams especially with Dave, because we've worked with Dave and they, his team is awesome. They do remote service for us here in Houston with some elevators. So it's, uh, we got, we got a big support group. And so we always have people to fall back on. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Nice. Well, I, I didn't know you guys were in cahoots. Gosh. <laughs> No, right. John is tremendous. John is tremendous. If he tells you what he's going to do, he does it. I think that's an advantage of some of the small companies that he does exactly what he says he's going to do. And that provides trust. And uh, for your customers, they trust you. And John, I would trust John with my life. Absolutely. All right. Tyler, what's your differentiation keys? Yeah, I'd say it's... Uh you know, resourcefulness, creativity, and grit. And I think that goes back to the kind of the genesis of our company that we come from, you know, a rural area where we have to, you know, make do with uh, very little and, and do a lot with it. Um, and it's it's kind of that pioneering spirit where there's every ingredient um, where we're from to uh, not succeed, right? We've got low population densities, um, you know, low growth, not a super, you know, stellar economic performer in the state of South Dakota, but you know, we, we make it work. So we're very resourceful in, uh, you know, the way we go to business, the way we do business, you know, we try to stretch every dollar the way we can. We try to stretch customer dollars the way we, way we can. Um, and then we also, you know, have to just find creative, creative solutions to problems. And I think that's really kind of just propelled us, you know, in business through the years is that um, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. And, um, you know, we try to get as many different angles going into a a system and a customer site and a problem and, and just try to craft the right solution for the, the budget and the customer. And I think that's really the main differentiators for us. Outstanding. Thank you for that. And thank you to all of you. Uh, great job. And it's been enjoyable talking to you and stay safe. Uh, as I said, I hope I can uh, see you all in person real soon. All right. Thanks, Brad. Thanks thank for you your all.
Thanks, Scott. Right. We really All appreciate right. you making the time, and thank you, Scott, so much. Thank you, everybody. Take good care. Bye guys. We appreciate your interest and encourage you to subscribe to Security Sales and Integration and its newsletters. Regularly visit securitysales.com for the latest news and follow SSI on social media. Thank you.